1: You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 307, brought to you by Graphically. Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 307. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. (laughs) He's going to talk like that from now on. (laughs) Hello. At (laughs) ifanboy.com. I'm pushing. We like comic books. We read comic books and then we write about comic book every week. uh, We all get our Wednesday stack and then one of us picks the, the best one that they read and uh, they write about it, they call that the pick of the week They throw it up on the website in a review Sometime on Wednesday And then we talk about it on the podcast And all the other books of the week And, and other topics and letters and, and, and things Stuff that comes up Before we get going, this is a review show We're going to be talking about what happens in the books So if you haven't read yours yet uh, Come back later after you have And it will be a, a more fulfilling experience for you So, without further ado I know Ron was very excited about his favorite book ending
2: <laughs> Sort of <laughs> It's with mixed, it's with mixed emotions. Uh, so this week, uh, this week uh, marked the final issue of Uncanny X Men Volume One, uh, Issue Five Fifty Four, uh, written by K- uh, Karen Gillan with art, uh, regrettably, by Greg Land. And um, <laughs> and uh, um, uh, this was Uncanny X Men Number Five Forty Four. Thanks to the DC relaunch for. About a month and a half was the longest running ongoing series in comics. There you <laughs> um, go. Quite a sp- <laughs> single uninterrupted volume, one volume. It's been running since uh, 1963. 544 issues. It's my favorite comic book. It's the one comic book that I will always read. Um, the one comic book that I swore that I would stop reading if they re- if they if they renumbered it. <laughs> How long did that last? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's lucky. You see, Marvel, Marvel, you're lucky. You're lucky here because you chose to renumber it with at a high point in the X Men universe world. Um, the, this is probably, and I've been saying it for months now. The, the the theme of this year, at least for me, has been the resurgence and um, solidification of the Marvel universe of the X Men universe and within the Marvel universe. Um, The teams of Jason Aaron, uh, Kieran Gillen, and Rick Remender, the writing team, uh, across uh, X-Men, X-Men Schism, upcoming Wolverine, the X-Men, X-Force, all that sort of stuff has got me more excited for the X-Men than I've been in years. I mean it's literally washing away years of Matt Fraction, Ed Brubaker, uh, Chuck Austin – and, and all the all the It really was a rough period. It was a for rough a long period. time. Yeah, this and 10 it, years it was not have been. good. It was no.
0: not
1: good.
2: There were they were good people. I even tried to read it a couple times. Yeah. Um if you, I mean let, let's 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 turn the clock back 10 years ago when we first started. That was at the height of Chris Claremont's insane extreme X-Men run. <laughs> Remember that? Yep. They, no. They were extreme. Um they they would do 720 verts. Um, <laughs> and kick that's, that's I don't believe. Okay, that's Wild drinking Mountain Dew. Yeah, exactly. Um Juicy fruit. But so, so it's been a really, really rough run, and 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 I know I've and I know, especially over the past five plus years that we've been doing the podcast, I've been like, this is it. We're on board. There was a great issue. Kitty's coming back. Oh, and we had in We did have weedon and, and Cassidy, and that was a good high moment. But that didn't solidify the line. But at no no point in the past, uh, Jesus, since the nineties, has there been across the board. I have very little to no complaints about the entire X line at all. Like every title, I'm enjoying and I'm, I'm having a great time. All from New Mutants to X Factor to whatever, and then it brings us to Uncanny X Men. Um, so they're renumbering it with the whole Regenesis thing. And um, Kieran Gillen, I actually talked to Kieran a lot at the New York Comic Con um, uh, in various you know uh, various venues. And of course, we talked about X Men and we and we you know discussed. Um, a lot of what his approach is to what he's doing. And I thought it was really interesting. I didn't mention this in my review, but I thought it was really interesting how much um, weight or importance, or, or not I don't want to say pressure, but just responsibility that Gillen felt um, in writing this issue. And I know, and a lot of people in the comments were saying, you know, it's not going away. It's, it's going to be number one issue next month. And, you know, uh, you know hypothetically, that next issue is issue 545, whatever. Y- yes, understood that. But whether or not you want to Apply value to it or not, this is the last issue of the first volume of one of the longest running comics in in Marvel comics history, and one probably one of the most important comics um, yes they 'll probably go back to the numbering in in two years or whatever when it whatever when they get up or when they get up to issue six hundred that 's my guess when they get it back up to six hundred they 'll go back to it. but for right now, this volume is ending. And Gillen um, said that he felt a lot of you know responsibility for doing it justice. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect. You know, those last issues are weird. Like you always kind of hope for. I think, um, and Connor, you could probably back me up on this. I think the uh, the best last issue is the Alan Moore, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow.
0: It's a great final issue. Yeah, great it wraps up not just that book, but the whole.
2: Era right, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that this is what that book. <laughs> I'm not saying what this is whatever happened to the children of the atom, um, which is a fucking great title. It is. Oh man! Anyway, write
0: that down. Somebody write it down. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I'm not saying it's it's anywhere near that, but I think what uh, Kieran did was he respectively ended the volume. Um, I thought it was very very clever. I opened up the first page and there's the reprint of the first page of Uncanny X Men number one drawn by Jack Kirby. And I was like, oh, that's nice. They're, you know, the recap page is, is, is Kirby curbyard." And then I looked at the, the word balloons. I see they re-lettered it in applying what's going on today in the X-Men world you know, but out of the mouths of the original X-Men. And I thought that was a nice touch. That was a nice nod to the origins of what it begins and kind of a, a touch upon um, what is ha- – you know, kind of brings up to speed as to what is happening you know, kind of in the world um, of the X-Men. And then really the, the issue is it's a very, it was a very quiet – resolve you know like a quiet resolve issue um there were two kind of parallel things happening um you had mr sinister who was um uh finishing his volume of the history of the uncanny x-men. Um Sinister <laughs> has has been a long um a long observer of the x-men specifically the Scott Summers Jean Grey bloodlines um and has been uh very attuned to what's going on with the x-men. So I thought that was that was an interesting way to bring Sinister back because this moment in time would be very uh very important to him in terms of what's going on. So you've got that And Sinister almost acting like I felt as if, like, the voice of, like, some, or or the, the, representing someone like me. So, the third party observer who's watching it, trying to make sense of what's happening, trying to predict what's going to happen, who's, you know, uh, what, what would be the reactions and that sort of thing, which I thought was a clever device. And then it goes back to um, uh, Utopia, where it mainly focuses on Cyclops um, as it's in the last moments before Iceman and the rest of the um, X Men who are leaving for Westchester are leaving. And you get, you know, some, some very good. Um, discussion, you know, some very good, mature. I think you know, like, uh, quality conversation between Cyclops and Iceman about um, what's going on, where they've been, where they're going. Um, I will give Greg Greg Land credit. I know a lot of people gave me shit for picking a pick of the week with, with Art by Greg Land. By no mean am my saying this issue gets pick of the week because of Greg Land, but the double page, the the double page retrospective spread was it it, it tugged at me. It tugged at me. It, it it hit every note that that needed to be hit. Um, and I thought he actually did a pretty good job on that, um, on that double paid spread. Um, but then, uh, the issue continues on further as Iceman packs up to leave, And then we get a very brief, very quiet skirmish between Cyclops and Beast. As that continuing, um, you know, we're reminded of the fact that Beast was the first one to break away from the X Men, and still doesn't agree with what Scott's doing. And you, you know, while Scott is still friendly with Iceman, even though he's leaving, you still pick up on the tension and the underlying um, issues that are there between the conversation between Cyclops and Beast. Um, And then finally, you get uh, the last scene of Cyclops taking down all the old pictures. Of the X Men and b- boxing him up and saying he's got closure. And with the great last line, the, I mean, talk about a great last line of an issue. It's like, I feel like I finally graduated. And that kind of closed the book on this past 40 plus years of X Men in that this is a line in the sand. This is a moment in time where it's, you know, at least for Uncanny X Men, it's no longer about the school. It's no longer about Xavier's dream. It's about. Living in this world, uh, you know, Cyclops as a leader, building a you know, building a, a place for themselves. Now, Wolverine, and the X Men over there are going to do the school thing. They're going to do the Westchester thing, the Xavier thing, and I think that's important as well. But I think for where Uncanny X Men is, and and which is truly, if you look at Uncanny X Men, it's the story of Scott. Um, you know, and, and from the beginning, from the up. beginning, yeah, exactly. And so this makes sense in that regard, and it just closed on a good note. And I, you know, closed the issue, and I said, you know, that's fucking a good way to end it. So uh,
0: see, it makes complete see next sense. Month. Yeah. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And and the jokes about well, it's continuing on, it just reveals that people who aren't emotionally involved in the book, because the volume ending the way it has and the way it's gone on for forty years or fifty years or however many years it's been since the sixties. Yep. It, it's important. Yeah. And they, they, they're ending this. They're ending this chapter and starting a new one. They're starting a new chapter, but it's not the same as it was before. Right. It's the it's the same sense you feel with these DC books that like doing detective ended. It's it's different. Yep. It's not the same thing for me anymore. It's not the same for action. And ultimately, it's just the title on the page. It doesn't really matter. But but the way they handled it, I think, it sounds like they did it really well. Um, the interesting thing to me is that in looking at next next week's books, when Wolverine the next one comes out. The solicitation says uh, Marvel's flagship X-Men book. Yeah. So I wonder if if the if the focus at Marvel now has shifted from Uncanny to Wolverine and the X-Men.
2: I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I, we'll, we'll definitely see. I mean, for me, it will always be Uncanny. Uncanny is always the backbone, but I can understand from a, a marketing, and we're going to get into that a little later on, but from a marketing standpoint. Marketing. We'll, we'll, marketing. Wolverine we'll is it. the probably the more popular character and that sort of thing. I'm surprised it took that long, but um, but yeah, but it's interesting. But for now, I mean, I think I think Kieran Gillen, he achieved what he set out to do to respectfully close the door on this volume, um, you know, and it, w- it was, you know, I couldn't I couldn't I don't I don't know what I expected. I don't know what I wanted. And I don't know if this fell short of it or didn't. But I'm I'm content with what it was. is. I'm happy with it. and I'm ready to move on. Which Did you is, feel weird when you closed it up when you finished a little weird? A little. Yeah, a little weird. I, I could have used a hug. So, oh, yeah. Sorry. But um,
1: should I come out there?
2: <laughs> sure. Yeah, that nice. okay. um, I'll be there in six days. Thank you. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, and, and it, it's just, it's just it's it's and it, I said it in the review. It's in it's in this is a, this was an emotional, sentimental pick. I fucking love this book. I love these characters. I I never want the X Men to not, not be in my life. They've been in my life longer than most of anything that I've got. You know, and, and whether or not you, you know, w- w- whether or not you want to make fun of it for renumbering or for Greg Land or for whatever, it's still, it, to me, it matters. And so, uh, and it's, it's and it's my website, so there you go. <laughs> 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 At least a third of it is. <laughs> this week it was. Yeah, this week it was. So, yeah, yeah so. No, it makes Next complete week sense. It's we make
1: fun of X Men.
0: Yeah, we, we joked about it and beforehand. I was like, oh, you know, of course this would be the pick, but yeah. it, it makes it makes complete sense. It sounds like it was handled really well. And I don't have a problem with it yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Um. Now, Batman number two. Um, I'm curious to see Ron. You're still reading this, right?
2: Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fully on board, dude. I'm fully on board.
0: I'm curious as to why, because you don't, in the past you haven't had much use no, for Batman.
2: No, I don't really like Batman. To be honest with you, um, I, I mean, like, I, I mean, I get it, and like, I got some shit in the comic book store on Wednesday about this because I said I'm like, yeah, I don't really like Batman because, like, I don't, you know, like, I just the the way. N- not that I don't. Not that I, I don't. Not that I dislike. You're not them. a crime story
1: guy. You right, never yeah. Have
2: exactly. Them. I'm not a crime story guy. I'm not really big on the on the shadowy stuff. Like I feel like I feel like I've read a lot of good. I've read a lot of great Batman stories, and they don't. Re- you know, like and and not that they're bad. Like they're good. I've enjoyed the Dark Knight. I've enjoyed Year One. I've enjoyed stuff like that. But in in terms of subscribing to the mythology and the world of Batman, I I just don't. It doesn't grab me. But that said, um. I feel unbelievably kinetically energized by Capullo's art. And, it's really fun. Yeah, and I really, really, um, uh, really, really have signed up for what Snyder's doing. Like, I kind of want to go back and read the, that Detective Run. I
0: think you should. Would, there's yeah, two things. There's two things I really like about this book, and not this issue specifically, but the book itself is that one. I like that Scott Snyder's telling a different kind of Batman story from the Detective Run. He had the he did, he did the Detective Run. It was 11 issues. It was really great books. It was a specific kind of story. This is much more action-oriented and much more uh, of a traditional superhero story, but it's still with, with you know the excellent Scott Snyder touches, and I think that's, it's interesting to see him do a different kind of Batman story. Um, two, knowing where this is going with the whole idea that Batman doesn't really know the city as well as it does, I'm really enjoying this because you, you see how kind of arrogant Bruce is about the city. He falls off this building and he lands in this gargoyle because he knows where it is and he knows all about it. He knows everything about the city. But knowing that it's, it's all building up to tear him down, it's, it's really fun to see uh, how it's being set up. And I'm, I'm enjoying the hell out of this book. Yeah, I, I, the,
2: the concept of what he's doing, this idea of the secret society that Batman refuses to acknowledge or believe in and the fact that it does exist and now it's catching up with him is kind of awesome. Like I like that from a mythology standpoint and, I, and from the greater kind of Gotham story. Um, plus also the dude's got a and owl on his left arm.
0: <laughs> see that the that, that, Court of the Owl yeah, it, yeah the Court of the Owl is, um, is uh, some mystic uh, legendary society in Gotham that Bruce ref- refuses to believe exists and apparently they do exist and this is I like the I mean the we talked to him Scott Center about this a bunch of times um, on our various shows you know the one thing Batman's always had is he knows Gotham better than anyone and, and that's the ultimate way to tear him down it's not even tear down his friends and family or Alfred or Dick it's, it's Gotham that's always been his biggest connection to anything and to, to to upend his entire world is going to be a lot of fun to watch him A, acknowledge, B, deal with, and C, have the fallout from when he, he realizes he doesn't really know Gotham as well as he thinks. So I think what Skyder's, Scott Snyder's doing here across this book, he did it in, He started in Gates of Gotham, and Detective, it's going to really pay off, I think, in the long run. Yeah.
1: I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as the last one. I, I, I think what I'm feeling here, uh, I think we're starting to feel the effects of these shorter page counts, even a little bit. I feel like... Uh, like it's over sooner than you want it to be, and they've got to cram a lot in. Like I feel like it would be it would be better if it could breathe a little bit. Um, I, I really really like the action sequences, both just from from a writer and artist perspective. Um, but I do feel like I'm I'm like watching what's the guy's name? The guy in white, like like Bruce Wayne and the other guy look a lot alike. And oh, the, it's a good the, thing they the put
2: uh, the mayor guy, the mayor yeah, Lincoln. Yeah Lincoln. Lincoln. Is it? Is it? yeah, Lincoln. Yeah, that's Lincoln. the only downside of the
0: book is that the main. But maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's not. We don't know yet
1: yeah well, no, and, and that's fine, but like like it's a good, it's a good thing they put one in black and one in white, Damn. you know, and the one's taller, his hair's a little different, but there's just a lot of these two guys who look very similar talking, and like in the last one, the the, the when the three all the bad boys were around together, um, they all sort of looked very similar too, just in different sizes. I, I do want to say though that uh, I will take this this Jim Gordon every day of the week. I yeah. love the I love the younger design of him. I like the red hair. I like these little scrappier, you know, his loose collar and, and trench coat. You know, they're all the the, the hallmarks of it. But uh, I think I think de aging Jim Gordon is is one of the absolute best things. Yeah, oh, it's about fantastic. This babe. There's a lot
0: more story they can do now with him because he wasn't he's not elderly anymore.
1: They pushed him too far along before. Well, he'd um, been
0: around for a long time. He had a heart oh, yeah, attack. No, I, he I, gave totally. him smoking.
1: He had you know. Yeah, but happen. so had Bruce Wayne. I mean, you know, like yeah. so. Again, yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. From a, and, and that owl thing on the arm is really cool. I hadn't noticed that until now. Great action sequences, though. I really like the fights.
0: Yeah, I think I think the fact that it's a different kind of Scott Snyder Batman story is fun. We always have I, that Ron. I, I think
1: that, that's what he promised, and I think that's really good. It shows he
0: can. You know, there's a range. He can always do different kind of things. Mm-hmm. Now, the next book, I'm very, very curious about.
1: <laughs> Not enough to buy it.
0: <laughs> am I? Oh no, no, I'm curious
2: what Ron has did, to say about it. Did you read it? it. Oh God, no. We both dropped up to three? Three? Yeah. three All four. i got to say is that it, it, it is a fucking mess.
0: What is? What is? Fear, Tell us.
2: Fear Itself number seven. It potentially has ruined the Marvel Universe. That's, that's how now, bad that's not it is. Quite, that's not quite as harsh as, as the words that
1: I used to, reply to uh, <laughs> respond to, but it's close.
2: Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you did just say it ruined the Marvel Universe. I, I, really think, I really think that the Marvel Universe is worse off at the end of this, this, um, this event than, than ever. This we is are all uh, soft well, after I've answered that. Well, because because think about it. Okay, so so fear itself number seven. It's a big thick issue, fucking four ninety nine, right? Um, it was double size, right? I think. Yeah, season. it was double sized, and and a lot of that double size is that there are nineteen epilogues. Um, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I love that part of the Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> In the book, the book, not so much the movie, but right. no, there there are Yeah, the movie was painful. No, there are four. There are four total epilogues at the end. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know three in the morning. I remember sitting there with Ron and he was like, Oh, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what happened.
0: Well, tell us what happened because I, I we haven't read no. it. We, 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 no, we dropped that. So Thor died and well, no, okay, died?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's see that's the thing. Thor died he he is just came back. Is A, he just came back. B is anyone talking about it? No. No. Like, that's what I find the most fascinating is that no one's talking about it because guess what? Five bucks says he's back in like three issues. Well, the,
0: the, thing, the thing is no one's yeah. talking about it for two, a couple of reasons. One, the hardcore Wednesday comic fan at this point has seen the ghost behind the machine. Yeah. And they, they know that this doesn't mean anything. And so they don't, get, they don't get all up in arms over deaths anymore. Yeah. And two, as we said, he just died and came back. So yep. it's not at all shocking. To it's me that he's that totally he's
2: like similar to when Bucky died, and it was just like it was like, wait a minute, th- did Bucky die? Like when he died off-panel, right? Mm-hmm. Thor, so Thor f- squares off. So the thing is, this is such a mess; it's not even funny. And, like what, what I think is the the problem is that Matt Fraction put together a string of great moments, what he thought would be great moments. Well, fir- well, first, oh, there's so much, there's so much to talk. About. First off, there's a page, <laughs> there's literally a page of like all the people that are in the issue. And it's just like all these squares, like the headshots and like who they are, and it's like a million people, and half of them I don't know who they are, and I've been reading this whole series, and I don't even know where they came up in this issue, like who's Splitlip, and Hermod. Her Splitlip sounds like a gang member in the night. Yeah, I know. He's, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, the title of uh,
1: IFanboy writer Sam Costello's horror comic. Yeah, that's true.
2: But um, you know, good so, job, Sam. So <laughs> this issue basically, Captain America is standing by himself with a bunch of machine guns screaming, come on! Like Fractions Captain America reads unlike any Captain America I've read for the past 10, five years.
0: Now, like, I have a question for you. The, yeah. One of the big criticisms of the book has been that Captain America and Spider-Man have acted really out of character and yes. everyone was saying it's because of the fear. God, was that the case?
2: No. It's just it, Really? It, 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 she just wrote them poorly. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 not yeah by completely out of character. So he's doing that, and then Tony Stark comes back from from Asgard with these weapons, you know, with, that they give, and he's like, "Great, we're gonna give weapons to the Avengers." And it's just so rushed and hurried. And then all of a sudden, you see the dude, the ser- the serpent dude, the 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 villain, the what's Odin's brother? What's his name? Um, the serpent they just call him the serpent now um, he just he 's yelling you know that fears you know fear feeds the engine the feed is the engine that feeds his world. Did you hear me brother i 'm taking it back and he tur- he literally turns into a serpent, and then all of a sudden Thor shows up in complete battle armor, and if he wasn 't holding the hammer i wouldn 't have known it was Thor. There was no right. moment where thor 's like i 'm going to don this ar- armor and i 'm going to go against him It just all of a sudden, Thor shows up and starts fighting the dude right. And he throws the hammer, and the hammer goes flying. And then, of course, there's a great moment where Cap picks up the hammer and yells, "Avengers assemble!" Which you think would be awesome, but it just didn't carry any weight at all. And there's this huge melee where where the Avengers are using these weapons and they're fighting. Um, they're fighting. I don't know. who They're fighting. You know, the, the legions of Asgard. Like it's just like it's it's all over the map, and I don't even know what's happening. You know. And so then Captain America then decides to fight. You know, not, doesn't decide, but fights off against Sin to settle the score you know and it's just like and it's it just it's all these stolen little moments and it carried no weight and then eventually you know it ends and thor you know thor defeats the serpent dude and then passes out and odin is hugging hugging his son saying no and then it just moves over and thor is laying at fallen asgard in all in white with the hammer on his chest and it's like wait did thor die like it's like it's amazing like i've read comic books for years and i read this and i'm like i have no idea what's happening it, it's 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 a mess. It's I've a,
0: seen I, that ha- said a lot a lot all over the internet. People yeah. don't. Understand. It was it was disaster. Even Jim Jim our writer who has been a staunch supporter of Fear itself so far, so far to get mad at us about not liking it, has said it was it's, it was not good. Yeah,
1: it's a mess. It's a total mess. I, I mean, it's interesting that from the from the very beginning. I mean, literally, the three of us went to a press conference, live press conference in yep. in Midtown Comics, and we watched some weird video uh, where they didn't tell us anything about it and had a banner. Yep. And we were like, f- what was f- that? F- f- and f- we've never f- figured it out. Yep. It's, oh, you know, I, I uh, yeah, I, it's, it, it's, it feels like marketing gone too far.
2: Yeah. Uh, they fixed cap shield, but now it has a big dent in it or a big scratch in it. Um,
1: He's, caps picked up the hammer before, so it's yeah. not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, like think of a different thing now because yeah. that moment happened and it was amazing. Yeah. Is that in infinity gauntlet?
2: No. Um, no. Oh, uh, I forget what, what what it was. It wasn't. Oh, either a thing way. Yeah, but um but yeah, but so so now apparently um you know Odin's locked off Asgard and kicked out all the Asgardians and sent them to back to Earth. And and he's just sitting there with Thor and Asgard by themselves. Oh no, with no with the brother. Um I like I don't even know what I don't even know what happened. And it ends it's supposed to end with this, you know, with this inspiring cap going, you know, Asgard, Manhattan, the world, we'll rebuild it all. And it's supposed to be all um all inspiring but it just left And then 12 years later the port authority hasn't done anything. Yeah, exactly.
0: And
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, the only problem with that is in, in the Avengers and then they don't have the money. That yeah. was the, like that was the big crux of this issue was, uh Tony Stark's broke and can't rebuild yeah. the you can't
2: even rebuild the tower also fractions fault. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's it's amazing. It's amazing how how it's like right now I'm, I'm actually worried about the state of the Marvel universe because aside from the X-Men and maybe Spider-Man, like it's broken. It's completely broken. And like, and so what, three more point issues are going to solve it. And like, it it just, it's not, uh, it's, it's, this is such a disaster of an event. Um, You know, and I, and honestly, I think it's driven people away. I really think it's driven people away. There's two of them right here. Yeah.
0: I've stopped reading a lot of, like, if it had a fear itself banner on it, I probably didn't buy it.
2: No, literally, I, I, I read this issue two or three times and I don't know what happened like, from scene to scene, transition to transition, there's all these little, the, the, it, it, the, we, and it's the same problem throughout the whole series is that there was, the, tried to pack in so much, that, and Josh, similar to your point, you know, there was no, there was no point where any points in the story could breathe and you could get a handle on what was going on. Instead, it was like, okay, they're gonna get the weapons and now we're gonna go to a normal person who's gonna talk about not want to be afraid anymore. Now Thor's gonna fight the serpent and now Cap's gonna fight Sin and then, you know, like, and it's just like, and here's this great moment and here's this great full page where Cap says Avengers assemble and, you know, but like, you lose sense of the narrative completely
0: that was the biggest problem with the book yeah. it, it was paced really badly and structured really badly yeah. that's why I got sick of the it's a disaster one. it's a
1: disaster so was there any point from the beginning where you were into it
2: uh, early on you know like where you know like I, he, he really he liked the first issue a lot remember yeah. that it was yeah. a, he, he, I, mean, I, the I really like the concept of the hammers I really like the concept of transforming characters and doing you know that that whole thing. I thought that was great If but totally squandered here um I, you know, I I I like the I understood the premise. You know, you know I don't really love Thor stuff, so I'm not you know that jazzed about it. But I got it, and you know you want there to be stakes. But like I just can't believe how Bucky major characters Bucky and Thor die and no one cares. Like, that, it's... it's. It,
1: uh, I've, ne- I've never seen one of their major events uh, just sort of disappear from the conversation like this. Yeah. And, and maybe... Completely
0: off the zeitgeist, completely. Yep. You know,
1: and maybe that has something to do with, you know, I, I'm mainly looking at our community, but even so, you know, even even with other stuff that people didn't like all the way through, like, they were still talking about it.
2: Yeah. But no, this is, like, it was silent. It was silent. Yeah, just total, total failure. Total failure. So. <sighs> I'd like to point out to the listeners: it's not just me. No, it's not. No, I'm, I'm so, fully. It took me. It took me seven issues. I and things. I gave it. I gave it a try. I gave it. Yeah. I hoped, but yeah, you know. I gave it three. That's whatever. What was that? Eighteen bucks? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah.
0: the first event I haven't bought all the way through yeah. since
1: we've been doing this.
0: Uh, I've been enjoying Justice League a lot. I like number two uh, quite a bit. This to me seems like DC's only real attempt to make a book for a wide audience like that's been the lip service for the line and this is the only book that's sort of written that way um which i think probably more books should be written this way and um i've been really enjoying it Jim Lee's just doing a bang up job
1: yeah it's a good looking book uh if you're into that kind of thing no i actually i thought i thought it was a really good looking book and i think that uh it's these guys putting in a like is obviously a ton of effort i'm i'm I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of rendering in this. It's <laughs> like, just like all the backgrounds are fully realized and, and, you know, all the little bits. I will say I also think that so far, Jim Lee seems to be the only person who can draw the Superman outfit and have it not look awful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: Absolutely. I mean, even
0: it's still it's, it's still a little dodgy, but it's certainly better looking than the other. other artists it, I mean,
1: it is better. I mean, I like guess it's, it's not that bad in here also. But the Star Labs uniforms are kind of silly.
0: <laughs> well, um, design's never really been Jim Lee's strong suit, which yeah. is probably uh, the whole universe.
1: I liked it. I mean, the, the only thing about it is because it's sort of one of those books done for everybody, it was really like, let's just put these heroes together and have them fight and then come together, which is, you know, a classic uh, trope, but it was kind of fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was all right. I mean, I didn't love it. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I'm enjoying it as much as your car, but I'm not disliking it. You know, like, I, I love me some Jim Lee art, and I can, you know, although Photoshop effects are starting to get a little heavy. It uh, was a the, lot. The blurs and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh, and there were a couple of panels that were like, I was like, ah, that looked weird. Like the panel of uh, Barry on the phone at the bottom of the page. Like, I was like, that doesn't actually look like Jim Lee. But, um, but beyond that, um, I mean, yeah, just heroes fighting. I kind of I, you know like I don't know i just, uh, um I'm, I'm mixed about it like i'm the story wise I'm not quite there yet. Um, I'm not sure what the story so, is yeah well it's, it's i mean it's it's dark side
0: yeah story I mean, is, the, is the heroes coming together to yeah. face
2: Darkseid. yeah and Star and Lads. and then of course, and then and then we've got established heroes, and then there's going to be a new hero in cyborg. Yeah, like it's okay. it's fair. It's fairly. It's classic. Yeah, exactly, yep. exactly. Yeah, which I is, did like, Which yeah, is what I, it should I, be, which I acknowledge. So I like the idea that the boom tube actually has
0: consequences. Yeah, that you have this giant interdimensional portal that appears, and it's just not—it's not, not going to fuck something up. And so here it, it appears in Star Labs, and it—you know—the cyborg is going to be the result of it because he was standing in the way of it. I like the idea that there's
1: actual consequences to this giant energy field that's appeared. I uh, I really like the mother boxes. I think the pinging is hilarious. I always have, and I like how when it gets more, like as the box gets more excited, the pinging gets louder, and it's like ping, 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 ping. I just like the, and I think the energy of that was sort of depicted really well. Um, that was my favorite part of the issue, which I know is a weird thing because it's just a box. That's
0: yeah, all right. <laughs> now um, my pick of the week was Catwoman number two. Really? Yes. I'm I'm very curious to
1: hear how this went. This was
0: this was the most fun book I read this week. From from the from the morning after scene between Batman and Catwoman, where uh, they they both are kind of like post-coital Thor, to um, the Linek has a great handle on the characters he always has, and I love that he is he basically says Catwoman is irresistible to Bruce Wayne. He he, he all all other reason goes out the window. He can't make good decisions when she's around. She shows up at his party that he's 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 um throwing and Alfred's like, stay away from her. You know who she is, but she doesn't know who you are, you're gonna screw this up. And he just can't help himself. And I think we've all had that person that where we just can't we don't make good decisions when they when they come around. And he it, it shows there's a there's a bit of fallibility to Bruce Wayne, he's not always in control. And um I think that was really fun to see him at this party, just sort of following her around when there's all these other women and he can't help himself. Plus it was really there was a lot of exciting action. There was a great ending that was very uh, surprising and brutal, and it, had, it was a great cliffhanger where Catwoman's friend, is. she came back after she had pulled off this big heist, and her friend was murdered in her apartment, and then she gets attacked by people. It was a very well-constructed issue, but also very exciting and great characterization. I really love this a lot.
2: Cool. Well,
1: wow.
0: yeah.
2: Is so anyone mad about it? I haven't seen anybody mad about it. They've been it. pretty quiet. Yeah, they've been pretty quiet about it. I thought I, I flipped through it at the store. I didn't pick it up. I'm, I'm just I just can't I just can't I'm buying too many comic books. I had to draw on somewhere. But um, I flipped through it at the store just to read the first opening scene, and I, I thought I agree with you. I thought that was the next day kind of scene was well done, um, which I kind of had no doubt about. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I know that
1: like the last one was to make a splash and get a lot of people talking about it, and I get that. But Winnick's not a bad writer, you know. I also thought that the panel that Connor that you put up, I was like, it's a good-looking book. Yeah, it's, I like the art a lot. Yeah, yeah. So. Um,
0: They really did some damage to their costumes.
1: <laughs> which,
0: <laughs> well, yeah. You know, they're rough. That's what they said. It's very angry. There's, a, there's every sort of angry panel with their mouths, which was like, whoa, they're working out some issues in their sex life. What well, are you going to do? That's clear iFanboy is part of the Graphically family and if you don't know what that is, it's all about digital comics. There are over 5,000 digital comics on Graphically from over 250 publishers and more and more added every day. it every day. Publishers like Marvel, Boom, Arkea and now Image Comics which you can get the same day as print and I've been reading all my Image Comics the same day they've come out on Graphically. It's very fun. You just go there and download them You know, in the morning before your comic store opens. It's fantastic. There's more exciting stuff to come, more publishers, more innovations. We're working on stuff every day graphically. You can read comics on the web, on your iPhone, on your iPad, on your Android phone, on a tablet device. And now they're on, we're on the iOS, iOS 5 newsstand where you can subscribe to books like The Walking Dead, Invincible, Savage Dragon, Irredeemable, and more. You just go there, you download the app, and you come, a new issue pops up on your phone every time. You don't have to worry about it. You get a little alert saying new issue. And it's exciting. You can get *Walking Dead* on the Barnes and Noble Nook or Android devices, Android devices via the Amazon App Store. Which means, if you're looking to catch up on *The Walking Dead*, you can get every single issue that's been collected on those devices. If you have a Nook or if you have an Android device, uh, go to graphically, Graphically.com for more, and you can find all your almost all your digital comics
2: needs there. Yeah, and and Android users, you should take a look at that Amazon App Store because they're di- like, it, I think it's over, but last week, uh, *The Walking Dead* Volume One they discounted like nearly fifty percent. So if you're looking for a deal, uh, it looks like the deals are to be had at Amazon. So
0: People are always looking to get up on The Walking Dead. And if you've watched the show and read the books, you can get every single trade, yep. which is pretty it, exciting. It's one, of
2: those, it's one of
1: those comics that you just can't stop reading. Yep. And if the next one's there, you're going to get it. Yep. You get. Yep. You have to. There's no other way. And now, one of the
2: books I read on the, on the app was Near Death Number 2.
1: Brandon you don't like crime books. So what's up?
2: I love Near Death Number no. 2 cuz it, cuz it's a different kind of crime book in that it's like do you now are you guys a TV reading TV show? Are yeah, are you guys reading it or? Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah, reading. I mean do you, do you get that same 80s action TV show vibe? Eh. Eh. A little. Ah, not overly. Not overly. <laughs> I think it's great. I think this is great. I, I think this is again, like I said with the first issue, I think this is one of Jay Faber's strongest work. Um, I think the the art on uh, by Googly me, whatever the dude I'm not gonna work here anymore. <laughs> um, you know the art is while very Sean Phillips esque is is solid and you know and this is a rough this was a rough story this is a you know this is a you know it was a not a not an easy uh, not an easy subject matter to, to to approach and I thought it you know it's again it was a one and done you know pick it up you get a complete story It doesn't get better than that. I think
0: I think it's good. I don't. I think it's a solid book. I don't know if it's a very good book, but I think the art looking so much like Sean Phillips, but not being as good as Sean Phillips, might be a hindrance.
1: Mm. And it feels, feels To a person who's a very big fan of Sean Phillips. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: yes. Exactly. It feels sort of Sean Phillips light, which is you can't you constantly comparing it. Um, you know, the, the, I thought the story was was quite good this this month mm. in this yeah. issue. It was the I think the art sort of he does he, he does draw great cars. Yeah, he does that Maserati which I have. Oh yeah, that was yeah. I love that car. Yeah. <laughs> the cars he draws are fantastic. He he should Faber should draw more car uh, Write more car
2: chases cuz I yeah. probably I'm uh, starting to feel like everyone should draw more car chases. Agreed. Agreed. But I do don't I don't like comic book cars.
0: Car cars. This guy just draw it's the too cars. Bad.
2: for for my money this is one of the best new books of the year. So um anyway, um all right, so moving on Avengers number 18. I'm pissed. 19? 18. 18. Oh. I'm pissed. Why? Because on the cover you've got Cap with a cup of coffee, looking at photos, picking a new team. Do we get a new team? No. Nope.
0: We don't get a new team. Well, hopefully, we get I, thought, a team. I thought we were going to get more Cap files.
2: Oh man,
0: it seems like no one. It seems like everyone's going to be an adventure. Yeah. Like it's like I don't
2: know. We'll find out. I there guess we'll like find s- out
0: next issue. But
1: they're like seven titles. They, yeah. you know.
2: I love the monsters.
0: This is the first issue with Daniel Kuna. He's quickly becoming one of my favorite artists. Yeah,
2: it's fantastic, fantastic. It's I, ridiculous. I love. I, lo- I I really did like. So it, it, this issue goes through the history of the recent Marvel universe, and you see, there's this one Shield Woman who's been stealing little samples of the of the heroes, and then ultimately she then defects and goes to Hammer, which I thought, would, and I love the the moments when she would steal it and the background would go red. Yeah, and the the circle around her hand. I thought that was a great visual, kind of cue as to what was happening. I thought that was really cool. It's a nice way to put into context what's been going on with the events and piecing together what we you know. Whatever Bendis is building towards um, the Hammer event, but you know, so now all the because the Avengers Tower is destroyed, they're all they're back in the mansion, whether Luke and Jessica like it or not. Um, <laughs> Don't we own this house? Yeah, I thought I was good, which is I thought that was nice. You had a funny scene with Wong and Jarvis. Yeah. <laughs> um um you know, you know, know it, it was good stuff. It just, it just, there yeah. wasn't a picking of the
0: team. I hope, hopefully, that happens. I hope yeah. we don't get we don't get robbed of that moment, which is always a great Avengers moment. Yeah,
2: I mean, if it's gonna be on the cover, make it fucking happen in the book. So.
0: Yeah, remember when that used to
2: happen all the time? Remember when that used to happen all the time? Anyway, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, Batman Odyssey is back. I love how this book got renumbered. They I know. why? They cut the miniseries in half and they renumbered it with volume two. And it even, right. and it even, like on the title page, it's like parts inside the book. It's like part seven. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Adams is insane. It's just totally insane. Uh, I was sad, though, to see that it didn't pick up of Batman sleeping on the floor of the Batcave. <laughs> just kind of, he forgot about that. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Although an extremely long scene of, of Bruce Wayne having coffee with someone with his shirt off. Why is his shirt off? Why is he so hairy? <laughs> um,
0: there's no one knows, but...
2: Uh, I just love the... Insi- I mean, while I hated uh, the Neil Adams art on uh, Avengers, I love it here for some reason. Um... And it just and it had Batman riding a dinosaur. What more? Like what was seriously Batman riding a dinosaur?
0: I really, I would really love to know what people at DC think of this book. I know like, they're just trying to get it out to fulfill yeah, their contract. They're just, they're, just, they're just
1: checking the contract. Yeah. So we, we get, it, we got to go through with this, right? We have to <laughs> finish this. So. Who's
2: editing it? Like who's telling Neil Adams? That no,
1: <laughs> no one can lasso that tornado. Joey
2: Cal- Calviari <laughs> is editing it. Oh, yeah, but
0: by that he means trafficking the artwork he's interestingly
2: enough though the artwork so the pencils by Neil Adams but the inks by Sinkevich, Neil Adams Paul Neary and Michael Golden mm. so like if you're an inker he's, fan this oh. is like a tour de force
1: Wait, he went for the second string there did he <laughs>
2: um, I don't know it's totally insane I have no idea what's going on but I love it oh and what's great is that he's working in his fucking expanding earth theories perfect I know it was great <laughs> like when they <laughs> grows outward and inward I feel like every comic book
0: every, every comic book legend should get that last hurrah where they just couldn't go nuts on whatever yep. their their uh, classic character was.
2: Agreed. Agreed.
1: Yeah. Uh Wonder Woman number 2 uh continued. Uh basically this is probably my pick of the week. Um just more of what I really liked about the first one, you know, fabulous action sequences. I think uh this sort of newish Cliff Chang, slightly rougher style was uh it just like he's getting better at it, and it it feels even more sort of natural in this it. one. I love it. Yeah, love um, it. The double
0: page spread fight between one Roman and I said Artemis. I forgot. Um,
1: uh, I'm not sure.
2: Amazon. Well, yeah, she's an Amazon. Great. She's not on really the good.
0: on the on the big like logs like was yep. like uh, what was that uh, Eddie Murphy movie anyway? Um, Golden Child. Golden Child. Golden Child. I want the knife, please. Um, very very well done again we talked to cliff on the show about how he's doing a lot with the action and make really chore- trying to choreograph it really well he's doing a fantastic job It's just i don't i don't know if there's better fight scenes being drawn from a choreo- t- choreography standpoint
1: <laughs> no no from the time that we sp- we spoke to him in in uh sort of off camera and he showed us the pages from the first issue like the dude was jazzed
2: yeah
1: i mean like he was really excited, into the work yeah. yeah and and it shows and I mean, I, I, again, just like I said when I did the pick of the week for the last one,
2: I've never liked a Wonder Woman
1: book like this. Yeah. you know, like that's never happened. I, this, this is great. Um,
2: yeah, th- I mean, I, this is really good. It's great. I love, I love Cliff's art. Just from a story standpoint, it just, it, for me at least, it just, it, it didn't. Not that nothing happened, but it didn't. You know, the st- it just moved the story forward, but there was no like, oh my, big reveal, no big. You know what I mean? Like it's just another chapter. Well, know? the big reveal was,
0: is the end, is that, yeah. that they're making one woman a, a you know bastard child of Zeus. Which yeah, is, yeah. It, yeah,
1: and and also like you're getting to know this this pantheon a little more. You yeah. you know you get to meet strife, and you know her mother is uh, what's her name Hera. Hera. And then, you know, you're meeting uh, Hippolyta and you're seeing the the Amazons. Like, I I think we, uh, for me, it's about exploring this world that they've created, seeing the differences and the stuff that's going on now. And and as a relative neophyte to sort of Wonder Woman, I don't have anything to really compare it to other than vague notions. Which is beautiful. I really liked it. BPRD Hell on Earth Russia number two. These titles are getting too long. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, again like it's one of those things where we can talk about how uh how some books are just good every time and it's difficult to say anything good about them but one of the things that was interesting about this is a they have these covers uh by dave johnson that are just just lovely to look at they're really eye-catching but they introduce a new character sort of a a bprd uh russian counterpart and uh he's fascinating like they're, they're playing with the idea of morality and, and and what's okay and what isn't. You don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy and what he is is he's this uh, he was a Russian soldier and he died and then he rotted and got gross And but he wasn't actually dead and, and now they've picked him up and put him in this containment suit not unlike Johan but he's also sort of in an advanced state of decomposition at the same time he's the director of the Russian equivalent of the BBRD. Uh, and he just can't wait to meet Johan and, and all this weird stuff goes down and I, I don't know I have no idea where this is going. Like, there are other books where you can just sort of, you can go, oh, well, this is going to happen and this. Like, we're, we're, you know, we're looking at Justice League and you can tell, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. This one, I got no idea in the best possible way. Unlike In Fear Itself, I got no idea. And then after it happens, I still don't have an idea. Is Tyler Kirk art on this yet or not? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Cool. He's fantastic. I mean, it's seamless. I, I literally, I mean, and I, I love Guy Davis. I think Guy Davis is is as good a storyteller as exists, and uh, and Tyler Crook, a seamless transition. He's a different guy, you can tell, but uh, it, it fits in so perfectly. I can see why Mignola saw him was like, this guy, you know, and, cool. and he knew it right there. Um, third in a row, Xenaholics number one, a book from uh, Image by uh, Josh Williamson and Seth DeMoose, I believe, which he did another book. I don't remember what it was. This is a, uh, it's sort of a different kind of uh, genre book where, it's a um like an alcoholics anonymous meeting but they uh former uh alien kidnapping victims abductees. And, yes, abductees, there you go. Um done in this sort of art is sort of a cartoony style and it's sort of a more lighthearted book. It's not uh it's not a big serious drama. Um I I, I think the the thing the thing that I liked about the moment that I liked this book was uh, the guy's sort of describing his experience. He got abducted by aliens. No one believes him. And then there's like a brief pause. And then he goes, I kind of liked it. And, and I like – and they're, they're sort of – they're into this weird experience that they had or the, the, the main character is. And uh, it's a good start. It's a nice little setup for a, for a fun book. So if you're looking for a different kind of thing, uh, this is a good way to check it out. So that's scene-aholics number one.
0: Cool. Wolverine 17, uh, the first uh, – really just the first two pages – we're almost perfect. Yeah. From the I mean, Jason Aaron, you know, he came up on scalp, so he's got this reputation for being a hardcore guy, but he throws a he throws a gorilla in. Yep. Gorilla Man. Perfectly. As, but as like a dramatic beat where like we get the close up of his face and he's wearing a fedora and a trench coat in the middle of this crowd and no one notices. It's it's it was a it, you really have to read the sequence to really get why it was perfectly done from the jokes to the progression of the, why this guy was murdered it's basically a crime scene these cops looking around and they're trying to figure you know there's a murder victim and then there's 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 a gorilla man and you have to, it's just it was perfectly constructed plus Ron Garney's on art on this and it's yep. it's it's just gorgeous Yeah, just wonderful. This is a great jumping on point for Wolverine if you want to jump on.
2: So, those are the books that we enjoyed this week. Uh, You enjoyed a bunch more comics as the all many, many tons of comics came out this week. Go to slash comics. You see the full list of them where you could do your pull list and then you could, uh, after you read your books, come back and rate and review them and do your pick of the week. And we want to highlight the top five picks uh, of the weeks according to the iFanboy community. And coming at number five, surprisingly, was The Boys, Butcher, Baker, Candlestick Maker, number four, uh, which got 2% of the pick of the week uh, percentage dispersal um fair enough i love that I, I love that we live in a world where there are two titles called butcher baker anyway it's really yeah kind of yeah. weird yeah anyway number four uh three percent of you agreed with me and chose uncanny x-men number five four, five forty four is your pick of the week uh number three justice league number two at 12 percent of the pick of the week percentages number two was wonder woman number two uh, at 17 percent uh, the pick of the week percentages. And number one coming in very, very strong. Again, a big showing. Batman number two. It's 61% of the pick of the week. Um, everybody loves the Scott Snyder and the Batman. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, well, it's a good book. Yeah. We called it. So we have some user reviews. Grassman reviewed Nightwing number two. Gave a story of four out of five and the art of five out of five. And 0.1% of you made this a pick of the week. And Grassman says, I'm really liking Higgins' take on Dick Grayson and how he's building upon the character's history with the circus that any fan already knew. I'm, I'm loving Eddie Barrows' art, though. Until the Blackest Night mini you I'd never heard of the guy. No, I'm glad I did. There are some really amazing panels in these 20 pages, especially l- like the panel where Nightwing and his opponent are in Haley's mansion. The bad guy is leaping from above, and both characters are seen only in shadow. Sure, sure that's nothing new, but I liked it. The art and story are really clicking for me in this book, and this was excellent. Yeah. That's, that's my little commentary. This was a great book. Eddie Barrows, who Josh and I have liked for a while, yep. is really doing the, the work of his career in this book. It, it's really polished. It's really tight. Um, probably a lot of that has to do with the with the inkers who we should give credit to, but they always move around the title pages. I don't know where it is. Um, just this is a wonderful book. If you're if you're a Batman fan or a Dick Grayson fan, this is you need to be reading this Nightwing book.
1: There it up, Kingdom of Evan uh, read fear itself colon the fearless number ones this a is story the new 12
0: part miniseries coming out of fear itself oh, weekly Boy. 12 part miniseries right
2: yeah
1: yeah uh give the story a two out of five and the already two out of five nobody had it for the pick of the week percentage and kingdom of evans said oh joy another story about hammers my enthusiasm cannot be contained i guessed at the sarcasm but i, I think it was intended these hammers are becoming the dragon balls of <laughs> the Sorry. These hammers are becoming the Dragon Balls of the Marvel U. Every story arc is just a, a new pretext to go find them. This doesn't seem like it's quite as much channel flipping and noise as fear itself in that it's focused on Sin and Valkyrie, but it's still pretty all over the place. The Bagley art is passable, but not as not best. Uh, Valkyrie's face keeps changing the shape a lot, and the action, what little there is, isn't spectacular. Dropped hammer time is over
2: for me. This is shit. <laughs> this is total shit. And like, what's and it, like what's even representative by it is that there's a cover by Art Adams, and the cover yeah. he he dated the cover June twenty fifth, twenty eleven, whatever. So the date he drew it is there. No one told him what Juggernaut looked like in Fear itself. No one told him what Thing looked like. Uh, what not um, what yeah, what what Ben Grimm looked like in in uh, Fear itself. Like they're just like, hey, the characters are gonna have hammers. Draw characters with hammers. Like it's, it's it just the cover represents the amount of lack of thought they're put into it. It's awful. Or or
0: you know or the lack of editorial oversight, which I'm sure will be fine once they've fired yeah. everyone.
2: Yeah, exactly. This is it's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. So fuck this series. Don't, don't <laughs> seriously oh, a, Jesus. a twelve part. <laughs> oh my god. A twelve. I, but you've overshot me now. A twelve part weekly series. Seriously.
0: It yeah. really, it, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't read it so I'm not going to say anything about it But the idea of it is kind of ridiculous The fact that they're still shoving this down everyone's throats the, yeah. with, with this 12 part series With the 3 more one issues With the fact that they, they, they clearly must see this as a disaster And just sweep it under the rug and move on
2: Yeah exactly exactly. Um, so yeah So those are, the, those are the, so some of the reviews That were written by the iFanboy community Go to iFanboy.com slash comics You can write your own reviews and we'll get them on the show And now let's talk about some good comics um, book of the Month time um, earlier in October. I wrote the book of the month, um, which this this month was "Love and Rockets: New Stories Number 4 by the Hernandez brothers. And listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna level you guys. I understand the "Love and Rockets" is uh, sometimes difficult to go- get on board. To there's twenty plus years of stories behind there. You don't know who anybody is. I, I almost to the point Connor and Josh I might buy this for you and have you read it because you don't need to know anything in order No, to I this. I've I read Love and I read
0: remember a couple of years ago they re- yeah. released those Love and Rockets collections and I bought Maggie the Mechanic yep. and I read it and I didn't really like
2: it. Right. The, so. But this but the point I'm making about it is that you don't need to read any Love and Rockets in order to enjoy this. Um, Jaime and Jaime Hernandez and Gilbert Hernandez come together, and it 's really interesting to kind of format what they 're doing now it 's a hundred page it 's a hundred page um, little kind of trade um, and it 's broken up into chapters and they trade off uh, the first chapter is Jaime, the second chapter is Gilbert Jaime Gilbert so back and forth. Um, and for as long as Love and Rockets has been going on, both Gilbert and Jaime have been working on their own kind of their own worlds. Um, the uh, Gilbert's worked in the Palomar world and uh, his, his uh, Palomar stories, and Jaime has been working on Locust, the name of his stories. Um, and not to not to not to undermine the work that Gilbert does, his story in this is pretty is, is is good. It's enjoyable. It's about a vampire and all that sort of stuff. The real star of this book, though, is Jaime. In that he is able to move forward his Locust story about Maggie, Maggie the mechanic and her life in a way that, like I said, you don't need to read anything. The 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 way the story was told and the emotions it touch, touches upon are done in such a way with such great storytelling and such great um, – like it really shows that after 20 plus years, these guys are masters at their craft and what they do. Um I just to just to further um, put some context to it. These Love and Rockets news stories, you know, uh, volumes one, two, and three, I bought, but they're on my to read pile. So I haven't read a single chapter of these stories yet, and I just dove into this one because I was told by so many people how good this was, and I dove into this and immediately. You get, you understand what's happening. You understand that, you know, you you get a sense of who Maggie is, what she's trying to do. She's trying to build a life for herself, what her relationships are, who the men in her life are. Um, And then it tells this tragic story of two people who clearly love each other and clearly want to be together and how sometimes life gets in the way and random events can get in the way and affect that. And it was you know, but the end of it the the last the last third of the book was downright emotional. It was just like it it was it, and, and Jaime's art style, I love his clean kind of art style um and the way he can handle expressions, and the way that he can like like i said, you know move the story along just shows how great of a creator he is. Um, And what I actually really liked is right in the middle of Jaime's story, there's a little flashback story which kind of tells uh, a tale from um, Maggie as a teenager, which... It was dropped in at the exact right place right before the chapter where the climax happens and it gives you more context to who she is, what her life has been like, um, and it carries so much more emotional resonance when you get to the end of the story, which I don't wanna I don't wanna ruin for anybody because it just it's I really don't wanna spoil it because it was kinda like it it did make me gasp and it was like one of those things where like there was and literally it's a little bit of a trope, but there's literally a page where Maggie and the guy who, who she wants to be with, it's uh parallel panels um vertically two vertical columns and they both get up run to the door run to the car and you know they're driving towards each other and then life gets in the way and something tragic happens and it's just it's done so well um so yeah so love and rockets you know you've heard so much about it in terms of being like one of the important indie comics that are out there and important um important uh creators and stories uh and the thing is, is that I get that there's a lot of history and it can be very uh, intimidating. But um, case in point, uh, Timmy Wood, who's a, a user and iFanboy, pinged me on on Twitter and was like, you know, I haven't read it, Love and Rockets. Can I read this? I said, yes, go read it. It doesn't get much easier than that. So. Can I ask you
1: one question? Sure. What is Love and Rockets?
2: Love and Rockets is just – it's a title. It's its just a, – its it's a banner to collect the stories of the Hernandez brothers.
1: Right, and they're not all necessarily related or they are sort of loosely, but they don't – like each volume – they're yeah. not all necessarily dependent of one another, but like, I know that it's one of those things where like, if you don't like the first one, then they're doing a different kind of thing in the second one. Exactly.
2: It, it, it's, it's, been, it's been Gilbert and Jaime's kind of platform to experiment and to do different things. Um, mm-hmm. And, re, and uh, in, in doing that, they have built these two worlds where they have moved – sometimes they move the story along. Mm-hmm. But, for example, Gilbert's story in this, while drawing upon characters from the Palomar world, is like the characters of Palomar in a world of vampires. Like, he's just like, I'm going to do a vampire story, and he's having fun with it. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Jaime's story is much more tied to the linear narrative of the greater story of Maggie and Hopi and all those characters. Um but yeah, it, they they they've experimented over the years. They've done different things. They've told different stories. But there's been a loose thread of their their characters that are, like so. Longtime fans of Love and Rockets and longtime fans of the the Maggie and Hopi stories in Locust. This this book is like a must read. This is like because it's a crucial part of that narrative. But he did it in a way. And I talked to him when he was at Bergen Street. Um, he Bergen Street Comics. He he did a signing there. And he said he's like he's like as I get older, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make my comics more accessible to people so that anybody can pick it up and enjoy it. And you really get a sense of that while I have an idea of who these characters are. You get a sense that he is really making an effort to make it just a, a good story whether you know the history or not. Huh. I just
0: that. found I found Maggie to be a
2: slog, but I'm, I'm I do want to like I want yeah. to like it.
1: Yeah. yeah, I feel the same. I like like that was a science fiction story, right? But they're yes. not all. It has
2: science fiction it, at times. That science fiction it has a lot of postmodernism and has a lot of fantasy stuff. Um, but then this is at least the Maggie story in here is very much relationship, real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and she's not. And I and Connor, I know what you mean by her being a slog. She's this is not as this is she's not very sloggy in This this is later in her life. Like this is like like she's graying. You know, like it's, it's no, just a story. Yeah. It,
0: was, it was just
1: hard. It was a slog to read. It oh, was yeah. just oh, you know, huge yeah. chunks of text next to heads. Yeah. Just,
2: um, uh, th- this, th- I, I'm curious. I would say pick this up, or I'll buy it for you, because I'll be curious what you guys think of it. Because I think this is, it, I, I think this is some This is Jaime's best work of all time, and he just won the Ignatz Award for Volume Three, I think, or some award for Volume Three um, that was at SPX um, So it's great. To, it's great to see a great to see a creator twenty plus years into his career like getting better. Yeah. You know,
0: so well, I mean they're definitely they're they're modern legends. Yeah. They're 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 some of the biggest names in indie comics.
1: I just I want to like them more than I have. I um yeah, like I'm sure there's something there that I just haven't seen yet. Yeah. I've no doubt. There's no way that you get to that kind of reputation, you know, without without being able to back it up. Right.
2: So go to iFanboy.com read my book of the month review while it's still up. Um and then come this November, Josh, you're up next, right? Yeah.
1: Haha, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> you got a week, buddy.
1: <laughs> Not according to our normal schedule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> so I've been on time for the last two. I'm due.
2: <laughs> All right. So, uh, we're going to skip email this week around, but do write in, write us in at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, but it's been a while since we checked in on the voicemail. So, our first question's got a, uh, a kind of a big question about, uh, about whether it's a good time, a good or bad time in comics. Hey, guys, this is Nathan from Albuquerque. I've been hearing a lot about a lot of disillusionment with uh, comics in general. What with uh, uh, fear itself being so bad, and then uh, all of the uh, DC relaunch uh, being a good jumping-off point. Uh, and it just seems like left and right, a lot of my long-term comics collecting friends are looking for a way out, and have found it right where uh, kind of X Men is is making a big shift, and uh, the big event didn't work in marvel and uh the whole dc relaunch thing uh right after the number one seems like a, a really good place for everyone to get off so a lot of my friends are getting off of comics who have been into comics for a long time is this something common that you guys are hearing also and uh what do you think about that thanks a lot guys love the show
1: nathan i don't understand your friends <laughs> they, they seem they seem like silly people
2: yes doesn't make sense I mean, I mean, I get, I get, I get what point he's making is that we are at a, it's, it's an, it's a odd moment that we are at a bizarre crossroads in comics in terms of these long years of comics because mm-hmm. if you, if you're dissatisfied with DC, the DC relaunch is a great point to leave. If you're dissatisfied with Marvel, right now is a great time to bail. Um, you know, say X Men are coming to, you know, they're they're closing a chapter. Like, there's a lot of weird status quo stuff happening, but you're cutting your nose off despite your face. I don't recall these sentiments around the time of Crisis Infinite
0: Earth. Granted, I was yeah. eight, so I may not. They may have happened, but it, it just—it seems to me that this is what comics do. They shift. Marvel. I mean, you may not like what Marvel's doing right now, but they'll—they'll they'll be. Yeah, but things will change.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, and I kind of wrote about this in the letter column that went up on uh, this past Friday. It's a cyclical nature. Like Marvel's up, DC's down. DC's up, Marvel's down, and like, and that sort of thing. And. Bailing from comics, that's one I mean that that's really kind of extreme, cool. and you're ignoring the fact that there's tons of other great comics out there from Image, from Dark Horse, yes. from from the other publishers, as from well as well as, yeah, as, as well as there's Yeah, and as <laughs> well as there's good stuff going on at both those companies. I mean yes. right now Black Panther is one of the best comics Marvel's putting out.
1: Thunderbolts is a great yep. comic. Exactly. Or uh, uh, Daredevil, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Daredevil.
0: Captain and uh, you know. Bucky. Yep.
1: DC there was a relaunch, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a stupid excuse to get away from it. Like, it, like to say that the whole thing's bad or the whole thing's good is silly. There are the same number of good books as there were before. It seems to
0: me that if, you're, if, if, you're, if that's the reason, then you weren't reading comics to enjoy the stories. You were reading them just to continue on with your tapestry of continuity,
1: which right. is, is the whole other if problem. That's, if that's the case, then maybe this is a good time to stop. But right. if you really are just interested in reading comics because well, you like comics, then there's – there's as many or more good comics now than ever. Well, that, it and, just and is,
2: and, that, and that's the thing. Like, and I, I've heard, I've heard a lot of creators say this. I think most recently was actually at New York Comic Con. Eric Larson said it um, was that people just want to read the same comic over and over again. Mm-hmm. And there like, you that, are, that, and 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 that's what it is. And the, and it, with a lot of you know, like a, a lot of a lot of people had a hard time with what's going on with the X Men and what Wolverine's doing, whatever. I well, like characters need to move forward. I don't want to read the same stories over <laughs> and over again. Like, you, you know, evolve, evolve well, a little bit, but evolve, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but evolve, evolve the characters and create interesting new stories. And I think that a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of really good creators are doing that right now. And whether it's Jason Aaron and Kieran Gillen or Rick Remender with the X-Men or if it's Grant Morrison on Action Comics or Scott Snyder on Batman or, you know, or. I,
1: on the other side of things, like I do not believe that we have been in a better, in a time with, with more talented and amazing artists than we have right now.
2: Yeah. It's amazing. It's,
1: it's, a comic book art right now is at its its apex uh, in in history, as far as I'm concerned. And
2: literally, I'm sp- I'm buying well over twenty books a week now, and there's rarely a dog in the bunch. Like I'm 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 trimming now. I'm in the point of trimming where I'm like, if a book isn't good or I'm not enjoying it, I'm gonna cut it. I'm gonna bail from it because I'm buying so much good stuff.
0: So.
1: Yeah.
2: You, just, uh,
0: you know, if, 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 if,
2: you know,
0: I don't know. If they, if they went out, then they went out. This, this is yeah. a good time to stop. Any yeah. time is a good time to stop if you want and out. That's,
1: that's the other thing. Like, are you going to spend the time to finish this story you didn't like? That doesn't make sense. You, there's nothing, nothing that makes you have to finish what, reading that book you don't like. There's nothing that makes you have to finish watching that TV series that you're not enjoying anymore. Just stop. It's okay.
2: So. All right, but so don't. if you have any questions, you can call us at 1-888-FANBOYS. It's one 326 2697 and you might uh, stop reading comics, but don't stop listening to us. So, <laughs> um, and also don't stop listening to iFanboy Don't Miss. Um, we skipped uh, last week and, and this upcoming week as, as we're winding down from New York Comic Con, but we'll be back to talk to uh, your favorite creators about a book that's coming out that you can't miss. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Look for it on iFanboy.com. This
0: next week is Halloween, so if, you ha- if you're dressing up, going out um, on the town or trick-or-treating, whatever you're doing, send us a picture of your costume. We do this every year. We put together a rundown of iFanbase member costumes. It's always very popular. We get lots of submissions. Go to iFanbase.com. There's a post at the very top in the Buzzable bar about this. You find out how to send them in, where, and there's a deadline because the article goes up you know, the week after Halloween. So if you're dressing up, take a photo, send it in. We want to see all the costumes from all the people dressed
2: up. You can find that uh, post at ifanboy.com as well as all the other great articles and uh, writings and all that sort of stuff. We bid a, be, we bid a fond farewell and adieu to possibly the greatest writer we've ever gotten to, to work with. Mr. Tom Cater's uh, wrote his final column this past Friday. So make sure you go back and read that and, and give Tom uh, – wish him well. Um, we, and we wish Tom the best of luck in his future endeavors. Um, it's Tom Cater's, man. He's the best. Got a little little emotional there. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, But uh, in addition to Tom, there's other great writers um, like Paul and Jim and and Mike Romo and all the other great folks doing stuff, and you can find it all at iFanboy.com. Go to iFanboy.com slash about where you can get – see everybody who writes for iFanboy, the iFanboy family, and get their uh, Twitter links and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash iFanboy or over on Facebook at facebook.com slash iFanboy. And every Wednesday uh, we've got our video show for you, and this past Wednesday uh, we had our our bi-monthly chat with <laughs> with Robert Kirkman <laughs> uh, that was done late on Sunday at the New York Comic-Con. Always a treat. Always a pleasure. A fair
0: amount of that was about urine.
2: Yeah. It was a lot about urine. A fair amount. Yeah. It's, a, it's,
0: a, it's a good point.
2: <laughs> yeah. But so um, that, Noted. Was, that was a lot of fun. And then this uh, coming Wednesday, we've got our first episode of uh, New York Comic-Con coverage. We've got packed great interviews for you this year. So um, definitely t- tune in on Wednesday for the first of the New York Comic-Con episodes.
1: You can write to us at contact at ifanboy.com via the email, or you can leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. We did try very hard to get to voicemails this week, but we, did run out, we ran out of time. So the, we'll definitely be back on the, on the horse for that next week. Uh, any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, uh, if you have friends and, and they're all going to quit drinking, uh, you could now that we wouldn't be able to answer that, um, you could do that. But uh, there you go. That's how you contact us. I think Josh
0: just had a stroke there.
1: A little bit. A little one, I, I like, got myself into a verbal trap
0: if you like the show or the Don't Miss show or the video show or any of the shows we do or any of the podcasts you listen to go to iTunes write a review it helps people find podcasts and you're still, there's still lots of people out there who read comics and don't listen to comic book podcasts So helps them find them by going to iTunes write reviews and each review helps uh, even better than that is to tell your friends if you've got friends who read comics but don't listen to comic podcasts not even ours just any comic podcast you like spread the word let everyone know about the show you like that is fun not this one. This one's not fun, but other ones.
2: <laughs> yes. There are other great shows out there, apparently, that are much better than us. So <laughs> so there you go. Um, all right. So uh, it's good to be back to normal after New York Comic Con. My voice has finally recovered. Um, my health, I, I'm not sure so sure about that, but still. Um, it was a fun show and we want to thank everybody we saw at New York Comic Con so many of you came out and said hello and came to the party and all that sort of stuff I want to make sure we we got that in there as well that it was great to see so many uh, people uh, in New York so thank you for everyone who said hello and uh, we apologize for Josh's demeanor it's true but yeah. the show? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, a lot com- got a lot of complaints
1: I don't think you did <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see these in writing
2: no you're a gentleman and it was a ton of blast and thanks to everybody who came out to, to, to our party um and our um, fight, sir. Uh, our party was a blast and uh, big thanks to K- uh, Jamie McKelvey and Karen Gillen for DJ, guest DJing at the party and all the great creators that were there and the fans and it was just it was a great it was a good weekend it was a tiring but a good weekend don't you guys agree? disagree? I'm, I'm still
0: tired yeah. honestly it, I'm, it's, uh, it's taken me a week to get over this con I don't know why I know it was a rough
2: one so. <clears throat> alright so until next week I'm Ron
1: I'm Connor and I'm Josh
2: and we'll see you next week